Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Dice Camera Action. Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is the Waffle Crew Plus One. And Danny's character. Thanks, Danny, for joining us today. Yay. Uh, we're going to introduce Thanks your character soonish. Uh, but let's just get right underway. Strix, you are <laughs> you are at the reins of a Vistani wagon that is cutting a path through snow that grows ever deeper as the night wears on. Uh, you're basically uh, trundling through wilderness, uh, through forest trees and foothills, um, alone for the most part on the top of this wagon with your friends inside. And I think actually, Evelyn, are you on the wagon as well? Yeah. Okay. I'm sitting up there with Strix. I'm, yeah, so I'm you're just kind of like, Evelyn's had this look on her face. Like she doesn't remember how to be polite and she's just kind of staring at Strix okay. and like sometimes getting too close to her face and kind of like <laughs> examining something. And she just has this look of like complete passive, like she does. She doesn't even realize anyone else can see her, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, well, it's snowing pretty heavily now, and you can see the snow is kind of weighing down on the brim of Strix's hat as she's just snapping the reins on the horse pulling the wagon. The snow is now kind of up to the horse's stomach, and the horse is slowing down a bit as the snow becomes more of a burden through the night. As you look behind you, occasionally. Um, you see there is a skeletal horse following in the wagon's wake, and the rider on the horse is Sir Godfrey. Uh, he is a knight of the Order of the Silver Dragon who decided to follow you out of Barovia. And the only thing he has said since you left that uh, horrid land is uh, looking around at the night sky and the snow falling and the mountains and things, he says, My God, it's beautiful. And that's the only oh. thing he said. That's nice. Um, and uh, you can uh, see he's sort of got these dim pinpoints of red light in his eyes, and he becomes just more of a dark shadow following you as the night wears on. There's no moon. It's completely cloud-covered, and the snow is falling pretty heavily. Inside the wagon, Dieth and uh, Paulton uh, are there. Um, oh, also uh, following the wagon is Waffles, of course, who is uh, now very large. Um, she's got lots of padding and fur to protect her from the cold. Um, and, uh, uh, uh but inside the wagon, D.F., Paulton, and, uh, Simon. 
Uh, one thing you notice, Evelyn, as you're riding up next to Strix, is that you don't feel the cold at all. Um, mm. You are. This does not. This cold weather doesn't seem to affect you, but it does start to affect Strix. Um, and you can see she's her her hands. You know, she has to sort of flex her hands occasionally as she's got the reins, and she starts to shiver in the cold. And some of the snow from her brimmed hat sort of falls down under her robes, down her back at one point, and she you know takes off her hat and beats it and puts it back on and does all the things a cold person does to try to stay warm given these conditions. Yeah, as Strix is, uh, oh, I'm echoing. Hold on, why am I echoing? I heard an echo. Okay, I've stopped. <laughs> right. but yeah, while Strix is sitting there, she's um, she's just like, you know, trying to get the snow off of her, but she's not really looking at, at Evelyn. She's just kind of looking forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you're, not following, kinda... you're not following a road at all, so it's actually kind of important that you are looking forward. Cause... Yeah, and as, as it starts getting more and more cold, she's just going to start humming to herself because she's like, it's, I guess, a new coping mechanism for her. <laughs> so she's just going to start looking and just going like, Evelyn hears this and she's kind of like she starts singing the raven offers sweet relief far from this heard it somewhere outside of the village i mean you hear lots of things like you know it's fine that's from one of the kids but i never let them in my in my hut because they're gross but father sunbright used to i remember he used to sing that in in the temple and and i imagine that evelyn kind of like some color starts to come back around her and she's like i father sunbright was his name actually Father Sunbright? <laughs> was his yeah. name Lighty McLightface? <laughs> that was his name? It that is was really his name? This is, is real, this, isn't it? Are any, she are any, like patting Strix's face and hugging her. She's like, this is real. Let's no. Let's are, any, are any priests of Lysander just named like Vladimir <laughs> Evil Pants? Like, <laughs> she While just starts ignoring Strix and she's like clapping and looking around and like feeling the snow. And she, I imagine that she's like, there starts to be a little bit of a glow around her as she kind of starts to, like, be in communion with Lothander for the first time again. In the middle of the night, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, while 
when the song started, um, Diath Paulton, you could hear it from inside the wagon, but at first you're like, what? And then you hear it kind of descend into kind of like shouting. <laughs> uh, but how, you hear how Whitey McLightface really yes. loud. Yeah. Out of curiosity, how, how do, uh, do Paulton and Diath react, if at all, inside the wagon? Uh, Diath has always, like his whole time, has been kind of like leaning forward, just kind of almost staring down at his feet. And then after the actual hymn begins and he listens to it, uh, he, he leans back and tilts his head back up against the back of the wagon, mm-hmm. closes his eyes and just very intently listens to it. Takes it in. Same. <laughs> yeah, Simon's just kind of like he doesn't do anything at first because he's not sure where it's coming from he thinks it might be coming from like what Strix might call like dark heaven or something um, <laughs> dark heaven <laughs> dark heaven <laughs> uh, and so he's not really sure like he's never heard that before and then he just kind of just sort of absently starts to kind of rock uh, <laughs> just Aww. to the uh, Evelyn, as soon as soon as she started like squealing and talking about how it's real and yeah. that this, she's alive and all of her friends are alive, she, uh, I want to like have her crawl to the top of the wagon and like open the door and like hang down, you know, like <laughs> like this at, at Paulton and Diaz and be like, "Did you know this is real? We're actually alive! Praise the theater!" And then she leaves again. Clunk. <laughs> Strix is just still trying to keep warm. She's all business after the song, almost like it didn't happen. All right. Uh, I'd like DF and Paulton to make perception checks. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> hey. Uh, 23. I have been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, there are two nice size casks of Barovian wine that were left in this wagon for you, Paulton. By, I was all up on that. By Vistani. So, and uh, Great. the other thing I'll mention to you briefly, Paulton, is that you could actually sense at some point during this road trip that you're now on, the, you could sense the instant when you left Barovia and entered a new world. It just felt like some weight fell off your shoulders. Mm. Um, it was momentary and it passed, but but uh, since then you have felt just a burden lifted. Um, but as the wagon kind of hits a rut under the snow and li- lists to one side, some stuff that was sort of uh, packed up high comes falling down and rains down on top of you, Paulton, and you're sort of oblivious to it until it hits you literally on the head. Doesn't do any damage or anything, but as stuff falls around you and you're just like, ow. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how. Diath, you see something amid the crap that just fell um, that you hadn't noticed before. Somebody has tucked what appears to be a folded leather piece of parchment with a wax seal, um, and it's now just sort of landed on the floor of the wagon. All right. Um, Diath will get up and like kind of start picking the stuff up to put it back into place and yeah. ask Paul to make sure he's okay, didn't hurt too bad, nothing's bleeding. I'm just in a, under a pile of stuff. You just feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but at the thumbs up, Dieth just like, yeah, same. 
Uh, we'll start putting all the stuff back and we'll find the parchment. It has a wax seal. Is it a seal that I recognize? Yes, it is the seal of Strad von Zerovich and Castle Ravenloft. It is the von Zerovich seal. Great. Which Great. looks like a raven with wings outstretched uh, on a cameo that looks like a silhouette of the castle itself. Oh, okay. And it's got the little raven symbol on there? Yeah. I'm just going to look at that... Uh, He's parchment to be like, oh, Paulton, I think this is for you. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's for you. you. You look at the parchment and the wax seal with blurry eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, thanks. So I... I do I recognize this? You recognize the seal as the seal of the, uh, the Von Zarovich seal, but you, until you open the letter, you have no idea who it's actually addressed to. Or... I'm like, oh man, this is sealed, and I don't know who it's actually addressed to. And I open it. All right, you slice it open, uh, pull it open, and uh, in, written on the inside of the parchment in fine uh, penmanship. Uh, not blood, nothing weird, just fine, <laughs> fine penmanship is the following letter. And it's um, actually, I'm going to make a um, make a constitution saving throw to see how drunk you are. All right. <laughs> Does he get advantage or anything? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. This is strong wine, but he's accustomed to this kind of thing. So, uh, I guess not. Drunk enough, because eighteen. Okay, uh, so you, uh, your eyes are not blur- are not so blurry that you can't read the script, which says, "Saviors, you are always in my thoughts. You were dead, and now I'm told you will live again. What powerful friends you have made! They have helped me get this letter to you, and I hope it finds you well enough. The darkness has claimed Strahd once more." as it was always meant to, I suppose. The staff and garrison were horrified by his transformation, as were we. Most of them fled into the night. Father Romulich stayed behind to watch over us until Strahd could abide him no longer. It all seems so long ago. Sergei and I reside in the castle with our children and grandchildren, prisoners of the demon, but he will not harm us. As long as we stay, the rest of Barovia is safe from his hunger. Whenever he succumbs to rage, I remind him of the words he wrote in blood, and those words restore his sanity. We've become a comfort to him, and we try to love him. It is the narcissist's curse that he cannot truly love any other but himself. But there is no pain so great that cannot be overcome with love. Strahd, Sergei, and I have found a peaceful coexistence, morbid though it may seem. My only fear is what will become of Barovia once we are gone from this dark place. On the other hand, I dare not underestimate the will and the fortitude of the Barovian people. We have always been strong in our own way. Of Strahd's tome, nothing remains but ashes. Rahadin cast it into the fire because he feared it would weaken his master. Strahd was furious to learn of its destruction and banished the dust elf from our lands forever. I do not miss the Chamberlain's glowering visage. There's an old Vistani saying, we travel far until we find our home. 
Mine is here with my family in Ravenloft. May whatever land you call home greet your safe return with open arms and a warm welcome embrace. You fill our hearts with joy and light. Yours until the end of time, Tatiana. At the mention of Rahadin's banishment, uh, Diaz just says to himself under his breath, ass smear. <laughs> <laughs> did we all hear that? Or? Uh, well, Paulton hasn't shared it with any... Well, okay. Paulton, did you read it out loud or did you read it to yourself? I read it out loud. All right. Uh, Strix and Evelyn, make perception checks to see if you can hear the reading through the hull of the Vardo wagon. I read it out very loud. <laughs> <laughs> you have advantage on your check. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, 19. Okay, you did, Strix, for sure. Six. Okay, that's with advantage? Well, uh, oh, no, not with advantage. Okay, roll again. Oh, okay. Well, that's a nat one, so... <laughs> I don't think that's better, but right. that's fair because Evelyn is literally. I she's she was crawling over the top of the carriage, yeah. and then she was like waffles, 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 and she's like petting waffles. Oh God! And she's like yeah, just she... everything. She's like putting her face as close to it as possible, and just like touching things, and okay. just basking in reality. All right. Basically. So everybody heard the letter, but Evelyn. Right. Yep. But Strix can't talk to anyone because she's driving the carriage. But she's like definitely. She's definitely like. She's definitely tearing up at the fact that Tatiana was alive, for sure. All right. It's just like, and the fact that they did something good, and it was it was worth it. That something good came out of all of that. Uh, what do you do with the letter after you've read it, Paulton? Uh, I'm gonna fold it up. And put it in my pocket. (laughs) Morning comes, and by then, the blizzard and the snow have brought so much of the white stuff that Strix, the horse and wagon, just can't go on. Uh, Is there any way that I could, like, burn it? (laughs) Um, Like, burn the snow? No, 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 no. Don't burn the wagon. I can't no, the carry snow, you off. the snow, not the wagon. Not I mean, wagon. You, you can try to, like, detonate a few fireballs in your path uh, to clear uh, some snow, but the overall effect is you've it's just... It's not going to happen. You, you can move a little bit further, but not really the miles that you, <laughs> you need to go. Right. With my strength and resistance to cold, could I fashion some sort of plow from branches and push it ahead of the wagon? Um... You think that you would probably need more sophisticated tools to do yeah. that. All right. Um, Worth a try. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, uh, the horse, you can see, is just not as decided. It is not going anywhere now. Oh. And it's, it probably couldn't get very far even if it pushed itself. Right. Poor horse. Uh. Yeah. And it, I guess, the, the snow is uh, is so heavy that when Paulton and Diet you sort of look through the windows, you it's it's as high as the wheels of the wagon. Ugh. I will try and melt if I can just the <laughs> snow around the wagon so that we can just have like a little clearing where we oh, can okay. camp. So yeah. if I even if it's I'm just using like a torch and I'll yeah. just well, ask you can evil sc- into you help. You can even sculpt your flames or whatever to yeah to just do that. around yeah. around the wagon. Okay. 
just so that we have like a clearing with the wall of snow kind of around us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've probably done this a few times in the 50 years that I was stuck in Barovia. Yep. Now that it's also light out in the morning and the snow has abated somewhat, you can see your surroundings in the distance. You do see big ice-covered mountains very, very close by. Uh, but the land itself does not seem that familiar to you. You would say that you have not emerged in the same place you emerged the last time you left Barovia. Damn it. Of course not. Yeah, but so we're I... still like in a snowy mountainous region, but yes. not familiar snowy Correct. Region. There are no familiar landmarks. Even the shape of the mountains seems different. Ugh. Well, we're obviously going to be here for a while. <gasps> Camp out! Evelyn flings open the, the door of the carriage, and she's like, now that we're all together... And just Paulton greatest- falls out with yeah. wine. And, like- <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, he's on the ground. She just, like, looks over him like this. She's like, isn't it great, Paulton? It's time yeah. for a camp out. And the rest, of, the rest of you are actually quite freezing, cold. Evelyn not bothered in the slightest. Waffles not really bothered in the slightest. And Sir Godfrey on his horse not troubled in the least since he's a dead revenant guy. Yeah. Um, Perks ju- of being dead. Yeah. And he doesn't get down off his high skeletal horse. He just sits on the horse perfectly still, oblivious to the wind and cold, and just kind of looks around vigilantly to make sure there's no imminent danger in the area. Evelyn, you can see in the light now for the first time, his breastplate has basically sort of the partially scraped off symbol of the sun. And... Uh, uh, he has uh, certain vestments uh, over his armor that suggest possibly he's a priest or even a paladin of some kind. And I don't know him other than having met him. He's a friend record. of Strix's, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, you met him when you were, quote-unquote, brought back from the dead. He was one right. of the ones there, present and responsible. Does he sleep? It does not appear so, no. All right. Yeah, Strix is just going to go around the circle that she's made and just start, like, dropping some salt and just, like, drawing symbols in the sand. Just, like, really weird things that you haven't seen her do before that you don't know are going to make a difference. She's just, like, scraping things, kind of muttering to herself. It's like drawing in the snow. Alden's just like, oh, no, it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) You're cold? I feel fine. Great. Do we have any kind of supplies? The, you do have you do have a, a generous amount of rations and other gear stowed away in the Vardo, and the Vistani, being ever prepared for stops and such, do pack things like firewood and tinder boxes and things. So yes, you could light a fire. Okay. Um, yeah, Diaz will occupy himself with just collecting up a, a, a small, a decent amount of firewood to at least get us okay. somewhere warm to be that we can all make a survival out. check to light the fire. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Evelyn starts like uh, like packing hey. some snow around Paulton where he's lying on the ground. <laughs> okay. Like, Here, I heard that you you make a cave out of snow. You stay warm. Yeah, it, it turns out it just turns out it just makes your ass wet, Paulton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. Nine. Okay, you can't get this fucking fire. <laughs> Strix will see him struggling and just go. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> Yeah. And then she'll tell Simon to collect some wood. She'll just be like, get some wood. Simon will go off, and he just sort of disappears into a snowdrift. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually shorter than the snow piles. <laughs> Evelyn sees him go, and she's like, if this is... 
Strix, how... How old is Simon? How how old is, is who? Simon? Simon. She's, like, still, like, grinding in the ground, just, like, uh, like hitting it harder. <laughs> She's, like, uh... Hmm. I don't know, like, I get 50-something? She looks at Paul and she's like, your son is 50-something. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Cray. After right. the, the fire is yep. lit and Simon goes out to get firewood, DFL almost kind of like look around for a little bit and just drop his hands to the side and then just sit next to the fire. Okay. About an hour later, Simon comes back and throws a pine cone on the ground. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him a single nod. Just good work, buddy. And he's still a good boy. <laughs> He'll stand by the fire with his hands out as though to warm them. <laughs> like that makes any difference whatsoever. Oh, he thinks he's people. Aww. Strix is just going to look at Diaz and just be like, You want to know how many times I thought about throwing him in there? <laughs> it's a lot. Like, what was that? <laughs> Dieth actually, like, smirks to himself at that bit. <laughs> right. He'd burn well. And, what uh, are we burning? <laughs> <laughs> Just the fiery son of Lathander. Well, it does burn very bright, yes. You, you've learned so much about Lathander while I've been gone. The morning Lord shines upon you. That's right. And she takes a flask from her side and it's filled with goat blood and just drinks it. Oh! Question. Yes. Is my hand still with me? It is. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. This dead, black, desiccated hand um, just crawling around wherever you want it to. I, like, just noticed that I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. sweet. <laughs> It throws up the horns at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like fist bump them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, yes, you do have your severed disembodied hand, so that's great. Uh, time seems to uh, pass. Uh, Sir Godfrey doesn't say anything. Waffles just sort of plops down by the fire and makes funny sounds. Occasionally will kind of let out this kind of long fart and then go <laughs> and then go off and uh, uh, kind of bound off through the snow and come back with some blood smear on her beak. Good girl. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever she gets hungry, she just sort of goes off and does her thing and comes back and yeah, that's it. We don't even know what it was. She just did Right, something. exactly. Yeah, she doesn't bring back her mess. It's just gone with a little bit of blood smear that Strix has to wipe off with a chamois. Yeah. What a good tidy girl. Yeah. Can I play fetch with her? I pick up a stick and I throw it. She looks at it. <laughs> then she looks at you. And then just sort of slowly marches off and gets it. Aww. And then brings it good back girl. and drops it in the fire. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Good girl. And well, then Strix looks up and she's like, see, it's smarter than Simon. <laughs> smarter than Simon. Simon will just turn his head around 180 degrees, look at you, <laughs> give you the finger, and then go back to warming his hands. Strix will just give him two fingers back. <laughs> <laughs> I look over to Simon and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an old ritual that they seem to have. The rest of you can sort of sense it. And the whole party has a big laugh. Yay. Yeah. Right. Oh, you guys bonded. Yeah. And as you guys are sort of camped out there... Uh, 
with Sir Godfrey looming over you somewhat awkwardly, uh, you hear a noise, the likes of which you haven't heard before. It's kind of like a... Sound. Did Waffles fart again? Uh, it does not sound like a Waffles fart. <laughs> but Waffles does take notice, and she sort of casts her eyes up above the trees. And that's when you see a ship come over the treetops. Uh, it looks like a, almost like a small galleon, about 45, 50 feet long, uh, with railings on the top and a, a big sort of a bowsprit under which is carved what looks like a draconic symbol its wings sort of bleeding back and, and forming up at the hull of the ship. And uh, it has runners on it, like ski runners, that protrude from the bottom of the ship and just sort of hang below it. And above the ship, um, affixed to it by a massive amount of rigging, is a gigantic hot air balloon. Have we ever seen anything like this before? You yeah. have... Um, not Evelyn laid eyes on a flying craft the likes of this. Is this something that I've ever been aware of in my time? Um, knew about? So I will have you make uh, just a make an intelligence check, DF. Okay. Just straight up intelligence? Yeah. Uh, 14. Okay. Um, you have heard that there are vehicles that, or You've heard, you've heard rumors of at least one vehicle similar to this uh, that uh, used to be sighted in the skies uh, near Daggerford um, and closer toward Waterdeep. Yeah, I feel like I would probably hear at least rumors of it while yeah. I was in Waterdeep. Yeah. Uh, you never actually laid eyes on it, but yeah. um, the, the vessel is familiar. Um, this could be that same vessel. You don't know exactly how many there are. Yeah, but I still just, like, stand up and stare at it in awe. Yes. Um, and as the ship drifts over the camp, Zandala, uh, you cast your eyes down from the deck, uh, and so do several members of your crew, and you can see what appears to be a wagon stuck in the snow with a bunch of people camped behind it. Uh, you saw the smoke trail from their fire over the treetops and uh, sort of redirected your vessel to this point. Uh, I think I turn to one of my crew members and I say, look at those losers. <laughs> uh, they will uh, uh, look down on the crew and uh, Waffle Crew, as you gaze up, you can see that the crew of the ship is looking down on you. Uh, you can't make out too many details, but many of them are dressed in black and wearing masks. Evelyn Shit. stands in front of Waffles like this like to protect her. <laughs> But she's like way, way smaller than Waffles. So it's just. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Zandala, uh, your first officer, Nizroth, says, Do you want to talk to them? <laughs> I mean, I guess we should. They probably need help anyway. But yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's check it out. All right. Um, he will just silently gesture to some of the other crew members, uh, and um, uh, the ship begins to kind of circle around the camp Ugh. and is descending lower than the tops of the treetops. It looks like it's coming down, but slowly, gradually, safely. 
Can Strix ask uh, Godfrey if he has any, like, maybe uh, protection from evil or something that he can protect us, the camp, with? <clears throat> um, so, uh... To pretty much just tell him to protect everyone. Uh, he will uh, utter a blessing of the Morning Lord upon the camp. You're not sure whether or not he actually cast a spell because he didn't move his hands or anything. He just mm. sort of spoke a prayer. And he says, don't worry, I'll protect you. Good, good enough. <laughs> but Strix is going to fly up with their broom up towards the, the ship and right. tell everyone not to move. So, uh, Zondala, you and your crew, you see this tiefling witch uh, mount up on a broomstick and basically <laughs> zoom up into the air toward you. All right. Strix, well, you can see uh, that the vessel has... Um, you've never seen anything quite like this, but it is equipped with weapons. There is a large harpoon gun mounted to the bow and what appears to be some sort of heavy crossbow mounted to a rig on the aft. So it has weapons for an aft. All right. Um, if she looks out and sees people on the, on the deck, yeah. she's just going to show she has no weapons and just say like, hey, Cotters, like, we come in peace. We don't know where we are. We just, uh, just uh, got out of a... You know what? I don't even want to talk about it. We're just stuck. <laughs> okay. You count seven people on the deck of the ship. Uh, one of them is uh, not dressed like the others. She appears to be a half-elf uh, with dirty blonde hair and freckles on her, on her face or something. Uh, but she's wear, she wears this uh, cloak pin and a big sort of cloak that's flapping in the winter wind. Uh, her crew are made up of six individuals dressed in black leather with black leather armor and capes um, with an unusual cut and design to them, almost bird-like, and masks completely covering their faces with horns coming off of the masks. Uh, And uh, they seem to be um, uh, busying themselves with getting the ship down. You can see underneath the big uh, balloon is what what appears to be a metal cylindrical sculpted furnace uh, with Mm. a huge flame coming out of the top of it that seems to provide lift. The aft of the ship has a propeller, and that propeller is what's making that noise. Good to know. I don't understand how it works at all. <laughs> and uh, the crew doesn't say anything, um, Danny. They leave it to Captain Zandala to speak for herself. Uh, well, I think uh, this witch looks pretty chill, so uh, I think Zandala just says... Hey, uh, do you guys need help, or what are you doing? Uh, we just we just left a foreign land, and uh, we we are stuck here in the snow. My party's down there, my owl bear is down there, uh, my robot son is down there. Not my son, <laughs> no, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> He's just a burden to me. But you're welcome to come and help us because we need to get out of here. And also, where are we? Where is here? Do you know where here is? Nizroth says she's clearly crazy. <laughs> As, she's still talking to herself as he says that. Like, <laughs> also, I don't know. I have this weird itch in my head, but you know, it's maybe it's because I'm in the snow. But it's fine. I lean to Nizroth and I say, "Yeah, but let's help him." Uh, All right. Yeah. Do you want to come aboard, or should we come down there? Are you guys cold? I mean, we've got this big fire thing. It is. Yes. Wa- it is warm on deck. I you know. can actually see ripples of heat billowing out of the sides of the furnace. You guys are welcome to come aboard. All right. 
the ship touches down, lands on its runners in the snow, and just sort of land, lands very softly with its keel kind of landing in snow. All right, I guess Strix will just like circle down back to her party and just okay. say, I don't trust them because they're wearing creepy masks, which is always bad. And so can I say, you look creepy too. Uh, I have been talking to you. DF, I'm going to let you and uh, actually uh, Paulton and Evelyn, mm. I'm going to let all of you actually make a, uh, let's call it an intelligence history check to see if you recognize the costuming that these people are wearing. 18. Oh, 19. Ooh, good roll. Six. Six. No. <laughs> I got a three. I'm too busy talking okay. to myself. <laughs> DF and Evelyn, you recognize these black-clad individuals. Um, uh, those weird costumes that they wear are an indication that they belong to the cult of the dragon. They are uh, devotees of a, of a society <laughs> that basically reveres uh, powerful, evil dragons. So I do not like these people. Well, you're instantly like suspicious of them. Maybe one has multiple heads or... Yeah, they might have ties uh, to Tiamat, um, but they definitely truck with evil dragons. Now, the, the half-elf uh, on deck does not look at all like them. She has none of their insignias or uh, costume apparel or any anything visually that uh, compares to what they're wearing. And they cool. seem to be taking oh, orders shit. from her. Great. I regale this information to everybody else. They're a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Paulton's just cool. No, not cool. Evil cult, not cool. It's at cool. that point that a small dragon uh, with sort of purplish-red scales lands on the half-elf woman's shoulder. And just sort of cool. leans okay. its head out and looks at you um, with great curiosity and a big smile on its toothy face. A big toothy smile on. on its face. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> in the house! Oh, no. He's so wiggly. Okay. I made this on Craft. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just, so cute. Just like quick, quick little thing. Uh, I'm on Craft Tags uh, Mondays at noon on uh, this channel. So you don't even have to go anywhere to find it. But we've been making my my pseudo dragon, and this was a total fail of a first attempt. Well, he's so cute. <laughs> so we will be we will be making him completely over again, and hopefully better. But anyway, very cute. Yeah. Does Evelyn see this? Yeah, you all see the little dragon land on the half elf woman's shoulder. She's like evil, evil cult bad, and then she sees the dragon. And she's like, <gasps> <gasps> okay. Can I try to poke it? Uh, you'd have to climb up onto the deck of the ship to reach it. You want to do that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just like, cool. As you make your way toward the ship, a couple of the crew members reach down, grab you by the arms, and pull you up onto deck. Strix right. is going to follow Paulton. All right. When you all get right, on deck, Paulton, you are... All enamored. Yeah. You can, when you get on deck, Paulton, you're actually glad to be here because you can see coming through sort of slats in the furnace on deck waves and waves of glorious heat. But never mind that. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As you, they're trying to poke the dragon, Strix is, is going to walk up to her and look very seriously scary at her. Like, actually seriously really scary and just say, if this cult here hurts my friends... This ship will be destroyed. Oh, don't worry about that. 
I'm like looking She's, at the dragon. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, as Paulton's as like being drunk. <laughs> so, Paulton, as you, as you sort of stroke the dragon, it reacts the way sort of you'd expect a cat to. So it kind of, you know, it, it, it feels the, the hand come down its back and really kind of likes it and is sort of magnetized to you in a way and uh, what doesn't, doesn't want you to stop. You can see as you sort of make your way down that its tail ends in a scorpion-like stinger. Cool. I look at it, I'm just like, I got something like this, and my little hand like crawls up on my shoulder. <laughs> Wait. Hang on. All right. I made that too. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's so <laughs> creepy. That was our favorite. Oh, so creepy. Tag. Yeah, so well, the cre- the creepy hand crawls up on Paulton. Wise. He's nice to meet he's nice to meet you, him. He can't yeah. talk. <laughs> Uh, Summerwise will telepathically uh, say to you, uh, Zandala, yeah, it's probably best you keep telling them that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, down on the ground. (laughs) From down on the ground, Evelyn's still with Waffles and Simon because she doesn't, she feels, everyone's left, so she just feels like she can't leave them alone. She's like, I like your little tiny dragon. I have an owl bear. It's my owl bear. And it will mess you up. <laughs> it, is oh, a, okay. it is a big owlbear. I'm very scared. Mm-hmm. You should be. I also rolled a 22 <laughs> on my intimidation check. Okay. <laughs> uh, you do seem to freak out all of uh, uh, Zandala's crew. Uh, they Good. Give, they give you a Talking wide berth. You can see that their blades don't seem to mirror any construction you're accustomed to. They've got these short scimitar-like short swords uh, with odd-shaped handles um, with multiple sort of blades and flanges on them. Um, they almost look elven in their curvature and design. But they don't seem to be threatening you in any way. Um, Nisroth will come over to you and say, Captain, do you want us to rig a winch and bring that whole wagon on board, or are we leaving it behind? That's a great question. Uh, do you guys want your wagon thing? or Yes. Leave it here. We can take all your shit if you want to leave it. We want the horse and the wagon. It looks really heavy, and it looks like it will take up a lot of space. Okay. Well. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) Like, just come up here. She's just going to yell at her. (laughs) You can fly. Uh, Evelyn kind of looks at Waffles and Simon and realizes that they, Strix knows and that they can take care of themselves, so she does. She flips up there All and right. kind of just hovers by the side with her boots. I think if my first mate uh, is skeptical about your wagon thing, uh, I mean, the horse, we would probably take the horse, but... You do have you do have a harness uh, rig that you can attach to your winch to bring cattle and other things on board. How about that? Compromise? We'll take all your stuff, and I can give you a ride to wherever you're going. That's so nice of you. Nisroth just sort of grumbles and goes, oh, this is going to take an hour. I, <laughs> I don't need I, your dude, buddy. I interrupt. I'm just like, you will also take my son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. He's a good boy. We wouldn't, we wouldn't leave mean, any sons. He means well. <laughs> and uh, Nisroth looks off the thing and he says, is that the dead guy on the horse? No, but we're bringing him too. Oh, he's not the son. No, I don't, I don't know who that is. 
That's that's I told you who that was. That was gut never mind. It doesn't even matter. You know? <laughs> well you act like I listen. And uh, right. Nisroth will lean into you and says, Captain, I don't think we have room for a horse, a dead horse, and the wagon. Well, I mean, uh, how about I give you guys passage to wherever you'd like to go, and you guys pick your most important stuff you want to bring along. Um, if we want to make good time, I'm pretty sure we need to cut some slack here. Uh. Okay, wine, sun. In that order as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nizroth, wine, sun, get on it. All right. They will Anything make sure that the need? wine casks are brought on board. They will make sure that Simon is brought on board. Uh, they will make waffles. sure that waffles is brought on board. <laughs> get Gith the will uh, grab whatever um, more waffles kind of supplies. strains the winch um, as they start pulling her, <laughs> oh, and her little legs are just sort of hanging underneath her like this, hanging in the amazing. air um, <laughs> with the the. The harness around her belly, she's sort of heaved up out of the air. She just sort of kind of turns <laughs> <laughs> in different directions with the wind. Um, you might be overfeeding your bear. And then you can sort of hear the, the grinding, groaning of the winch mechanism uh, <laughs> under her weight. Paulton looks down at Waffles and is like, oh, she gets so big. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn's underneath her, like as if the winch failed, Evelyn would catch her. <laughs> oh, what a disaster that would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, you remember what happened to Simon. And, uh, and then finally, they'll bring up uh, Sir Godfrey. Um, uh, he'll, he won't worry about his horse. He'll leave that behind. Yeah, Death will grab whatever more vital supplies are in the wagon. and just Yeah, there are rations and other things. Yeah. Um, you you said all of our stuff was rescued by the Vistani and it was all just kind of piled in the wagon. That's correct. Do we each kind of just like re- recover our own things? Yeah. Because um, Evelyn gave a lot of things to the others that she had not recovered from them. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, they they would have still had them. So she okay. can, is she going to leave that, that stuff with them still? Or is she going to reclaim all her old stuff? I guess I'm kind of asking like if... All the stuff that I gave away, if if the other characters hold on to it, or if they kind of like put that in Evelyn's pile for her to recover. Yeah, unless Strahd actually, unless Strix was something Strix threw at Strahd back in the other session. <laughs> assume that you have it as part of the party collective hoard. Okay, I so we just I still have it. Yeah. Okay. The you still have. I have some things. Did you want them back? No, I because Evelyn would would want the party to keep them, but if the party gives that like left them with stuff, she would take. Yeah. No, I'll give you back it. a javelin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be I using have, that anytime soon. You can have a javelin. One javelin. Okay. Yeah, the got one it. javelin that I had. Yeah, does okay. Paulton still have his fancy loot too? Yes. Oh, so you still have the cool loot. Nice. Yeah. So Jared, uh Diaz still has the bag of lightfall, right? Yes. And Paulton still has Evelyn's family ring. Yep. And there's a lot of other things, but those are the two main important things she's keeping track it's of. It's worth mentioning, now that you guys are sort of paying attention to what your your stuff, that Strix has a lot of stuff you haven't seen before. Probably has <laughs> like a big, giant, overstuffed backpack of all kinds of crazy shit. All right. Lots of things. And a new outfit, which yes. looks pretty cool. 50 years of accumulated junk. And you can see occasionally that she also has uh, three puppets that look like all of you in her robes that she sometimes just pulls out and looks at and then hides and hopes that you don't see them. Because they're in there and she just pulls them out and just like kind of and then just throws them back in. So uh, Captain uh, Nisroth comes over to you and says, where are they going to sleep? 
Well, Nizroth, I think we're going to have to rearrange those cabins we have, because we can't keep them out here on the deck, obviously. So, do you want a room with uh, Perella, Laz, Zelfia, Brassic, or Tralt? Because you're not <laughs> sleeping with me. <laughs> he says, can I think Who named it? your crew? Can I Ogres? think about it? They came with the ship. I didn't name them. <laughs> can I think about it? <laughs> yes, you may think about it. He'll wander off. Uh, new, new peeps, how about we go and like talk in my quarters real quick? Sound good? I won't kill you, I promise. Okay, That's then not sure. for me. <laughs> all right. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you all going below deck then? Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll make an eyes at the mass people, like, and then point at waffles, like. <laughs> like, sure, I love listening to strangers that make promises. Excellent. Uh, when you go down the sort of creaky wooden steps into the uh, innards of this ship, uh, you can see there's a hallway down the middle with cabins, uh, doors to either side and a door at the end. And uh, uh, Zandala will take you into one of them where you can see she's got a hammock strung up. She's got a small desk with a stool and a mirror and probably not a heck of a lot else. It's a, it's a fairly tight space with all five of you packed inside. Uh, but it is private, and she can close the door behind you, and you don't hear uh, a lot of the... other. You can hear the weight of footsteps on deck, but they can't hear you, and you can't hear them. Excellent. So, here's the deal. I'm trying to get to the Spine of the World Mountains for a secret mission. And I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a secret mission. Maybe you can't tell my crew. They don't know. I barely know them. They just, they're, they're like part of the rental on the boat. Okay. So do not tell them. Did you know but, that they're like an evil dragon cult thing? I suspected, but I, I, I don't ask them about their personal lives. So as long as they behave, <laughs> you know, I don't care. But yeah, so I need to get to this place and get this thing. It's a big old story, but I do need help. And obviously my crew's a little weird, so uh, it would be real great to have a couple extra hands that I could trust. Why do you trust us? Well, you don't seem real smart. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you were, uh... What tipped you off? You were laying in the snow and looked like you needed some help. But, uh... I mean, I don't... I, I, you I also don't can know. see that they, but, they do brandish symbols, or at least uh, Evelyn does, that suggest they, they follow good deities. Yeah, you, you guys look pretty trustworthy. I mean... like. Well, I mean, we are. Guys I hang out with, I've, I've got people to compare you to. Uh, and you seem pretty good in comparison, but I mean, if I shouldn't trust you, let me know, but can I, can I sense any good or evil about her? Uh, make an insight check. Hmm. 11. Okay. And Danny, just roll a D20 die for me and tell me what you get. I got a two. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, you believe that she is sincere. Evelyn, you can you can feel waves of sincerity coming off of her. 
uh, not only that she's everything she's told you you believe to be true, but also that there is a kind of a dispassion or an apathy toward her crew. Which makes me assume that probably she isn't part of this evilness. Yes. At least not this evil. Right. You haven't figured out why these two things are together yet, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. I, uh, I ask, you mentioned a secret mission. I did. <laughs> yeah, like two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell me what it is? <laughs> I can. You have to agree that you're going to come with me first. How about I hear the mission and then I'll decide <laughs> from there. All right, well. <laughs> cool. I'm one of the Harpers. We are a secret organization that keep people in power in Faerun uh, with the appropriate amount of power. Let's say that. And there's a thing that a person has, TLDR, we need to get the Ring of Winter away from these people that have it up in the mountains. This ring is very powerful. They could do very bad things with it. The Harpers have sent me on a mission to go handle this shit. So you want us to fight for you? Not fight for me, but just for the Harpers. Be there in case. And who are you doing this for? The the Harpers are a secret organization. I know who the Harpers are. Who are you doing this for? The Harpers. <laughs> <laughs> Harpers I, I, are meddlers. I don't I'm, you know. I'm one of the Harpers, so like for me, but this group of secretive people have interests in keeping these people uh, subdued. They, they have too much power currently, and it you could know, get very bad for the entire world. You know what we're really good at? Making things not get real bad for the whole entire world. We may not uh, be able to make it good, but we make it not quite so bad. <laughs> I was going to say killing everyone around us, but, you know, that's fine, too. On accident sometimes. I think we should do it. I think we should help. I think that's why Lathander has brought us back into this world and blessed us with life once again. So that we may serve him. So you've already gone on this mission ill-prepared if you need the help of four strangers. Don't be rude, Diab. Yes. (laughs) Be rude. Strix is just going to cover evil and smell. It is a solo mission, and I currently have no help because I can't tell my crew. They they can't know. So I am looking for some backup. And what's to stop us from claiming the Ring of Winter ourselves and then keeping it ourselves? And then where are the bad guys? Halton? <laughs> I, I guess. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, he's drunk. <laughs> if, if you want to fight me for it at the end, we can do that, but... Uh, how about we get who we get there when we get there? Ooh, Diaz, she said she'd fight you. Like <laughs> is this really how we negotiate? Real, really? This is we're gonna fight you. <laughs> I was one. Look, yes, yeah, we will help you. Fighting is better than being adrift in gray mist and feeling nothing and seeing no one. I'll take it. We've had oh. a rough fifty years. We will we will fight with you. It's fine, but. You need to take us where we're going, and you need to not hurt us. If you hurt any of these people, or the construct, or the owl bear, you will be destroyed. Sounds Super good. destroyed. Beautiful. Well, in that case, 
Uh, we're going to Cronenheim. Uh, any of you who want to can make <laughs> that, a intelligence history check. Is that a pub? <laughs> I hope so. It might have a pub. I got 21. Dude. 13. I got 19. Right. Calden is trashed. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> His tolerance is down the drain okay. after not drinking for 50 years. <laughs> Um, He's got fresh blood. He's got a. Yeah. <laughs> so Evelyn, like, this is great. <laughs> I'm on my half first half wine, and I'm gone, man. <laughs> I'm a cheap date now. <laughs> Evelyn, you've heard the word Cronenheim mentioned, um, probably just uh, wandering around in Citadel Adbar, but you don't really have any context other than the dwarves there are aware of that location. It's so. It's a place name you've heard before, but you've never thought to ask more information, and the dwarves never volunteered anything. So you have no information other than that, that dwarves know the place exists. Wow, it must be real secret if it, I roll a 21, yes. and that's all I know. Yes, it, it is not, you, you're, you're pretty damn certain it is not a well-known place, if, if known by very, it's probably only known by very few people, all in all. Uh, I guess I tell Strix that as she's kind of like, the head of the negotiations, I'm like, Cronen- I've heard of Cronenheim. I think that's a real secret place. The dwarves mentioned that once, but they were real secret. You do know when the dwarves mentioned it, they did not speak of it highly. It's not a place that dwarves would fancy to go. It sounded real crappy. Mm. All right. If you're uh, looking to get back the Ring of Winter, who exactly has it now? Oh, good question. That is a great question. Dia. That is a good question. I, I'm just going to hand it to you. Nice to have you back, by the way. <laughs> well, as part of the Harper Contacts information I got, Artis Kimber was the last guy who owned it. And he went down to, I think it was Icewind Dale, to get it back. I don't know how he lost it. Don't ask me how he lost it. But he went to go get it back. And that was the last anybody seen of him. The Harpers don't talk to each other much, so this is all I have to go off of. But last we know, Cronenheim, where the ring was taken. You all should try talking to each other more. Communication <laughs> is just the, the key to any happy relationship. It's good for teamwork. And once you claim the, wing, the ring, <laughs> what do you plan on doing with it? Returning it to the Harpers or whatever they want me to do with it. Where do they keep it? Well, this artist guy had it, and I don't know what he was doing with it, but he's he's a really well-known, well-trusted Harper. We, we I don't know much about him beyond his reputation, but it was a very good reputation. So I couldn't tell you what they're doing with it or what they want to do with it now, but we need to get it out of the hands. Yeah, you can make a you don't have to make a check to know that um, the Harpers are an organization. You've heard of them because you come from Waterdeep. Um, and their, their whole mission statement is to basically keep uh, power out of the hands of those who would abuse it. And they do have cells um, here, there, and everywhere, including, you believe, one in Waterdeep, that sort of operate autonomously so that they don't, if one is ever captured, they can't basically uproot the entire organization. Um, and they do have safe houses or safe places yeah. where they do store away things that they believe would tilt the balance of power in evil's favor. You've never heard of this artist Kimber guy. So uh, Paulton's going to stumble over. Like, so let me, let me see if I got all this straight. 
So you come down here with your magic flying ship with your cool little dragon friend and you say, help me get this ring because this organization that I work for that has poor communication skills <laughs> told me to get this ring from this guy that we don't really know and you want us to help you because you thought we're, we look dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a problem with any of that. So why not? I like this guy. Everybody should listen to this guy more. I like me too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys say? Strix, the Harpers are generally a benevolent force, but I'm hesitant. Evelyn's like Strix. rolling her eyes at Paulton like, oh, these guys take forever to make a decision. Oh. I'm just... <laughs> All right. We don't have a choice, Dev. We need to get where we're going. You're right. I mean, I can dump you back in the snow if you want. We would we would die in the snow, and I really really don't want to have to bring anyone back die. again. Don't die. No one's Thank dying. You. <laughs> Thank Let's you. Let's make sure no one dies, but also question uh what year is it? <laughs> Good question. Uh, so, Zandala, you know that the year is 1490. Yeah, that. That's the year you guys uh, uh, would remember being in before you went back to Barovia. So, we're in the same year? Yes. Well, so we went back in time. 50 years passed, but now we're back in the present, which is still several hundred more years. Yes. I'm not even going to try to pretend I understand that. <laughs> yeah, that starts to feel like me neither, but hey, convenient, okay, right. everything is okay. <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll help you. Can, yes, it's warm here, it's fine. Evelyn's yeah. like, am I, am I 72 years old? <laughs> am I 68? No, you were dead. <laughs> You don't age when you're dead. Oh, good. Okay. But I'm pretty old, which is neat. You don't cool. look old. Actually, yeah, they, did, was... they did look pretty aged when you dug them up, Strix. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just like, like placing their flesh back on their faces. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll do this. And then would you be able to take us to what? Citadel Adbar? Where, where are we going? Oh, yeah. When he we have three days to yeah. come back and see the king. <laughs> when he mentions that, uh, Danny, um, Zandala knows that Citadel Adbar is nowhere near where you are. But uh, you could, you project, just spitballing, make the trip in a few weeks. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, not a few. Probably, we, like, you could probably do it in about a week. Run this quick errand, and I'll take you wherever you want to go. How about that? Great. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Your ship is warm. You got you, food. Right? If you I were like if you were to look at one of your maps, Zandala, you would you would say that your current position uh, puts you about as far away from Citadel Adbar, which is to the east, as the Sword Coast, the the Sea of the Sword Coast is to the west. So you're about you're hundreds of miles away from where they need to go, but that's not such a big deal. Um, I got nothing to do after this, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys want to hang? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris, super, super important question. Yeah. So we're forward 50 years. Was I 
buried with wine? <laughs> no. And the, the time that you spent, your spirit, your disembodied spirit spent trapped in the mists of Ravenloft, that 50 years, you didn't have any wine there either. So you were conscious and aware and without wine for ages. You were in purgatory. I was just hoping I'd have something that might have aged in my death. But oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Ooh, a vintage potent <laughs> <laughs> from the cellar vineyards. Well, you know, I, they wouldn't necessarily have emptied all of your wineskins. So you could have some seriously old <laughs> wine tucked away in one of those bad boys. Sick. Oh my god, they've just been aging for yeah. 50 years. <laughs> it's basically vinegar. Yeah, probably. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you've had vinegar before, it's not so bad. <laughs> All right, uh, so Zandala, are you going to give the order for liftoff? Yeah, uh, let's let's all go back up deck, and we'll meet the crew. All right. right. We'll pretend like everything's normal. Get yes. on our way. Yeah, they're they're just a bunch of weirdos. You really don't need to fear them. So they're I gonna. Uh, the crew tells you that they've set aside two of the cabins for the guests for the duration of their stay. Hopefully, short. Wow, two. Yes. The we mi- only have four. The mission is so more important. We, we got. <laughs> we have six crew members in one cabin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they take shifts, so. Oh, okay. Um, That's so nice. Yes. That is very nice of them. Uh, So it's really up to you guys who wants to share cabins, but two of you will be in one cabin with hammocks, one above the other, and two of you will be in a cabin across the hall with hammocks above, one above the other. I call top hammock. Uh (laughs) Strix will take the bottom hammock. She doesn't want to listen to Evelyn all night. Is it going to be a Strix, Diath, and then Evelyn Paulton? Affair, yeah. or the girl's going to be together and the guy's going to be together. Racy. Strix, hey. doesn't, Strix doesn't see herself as <laughs> in the, any of those situations, so she doesn't care. E- Evelyn actually doesn't notice either because she's been just like cuddling with everyone whenever she can either. So she's like, okay, cool. Paulton's not really noticing anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we walk out, he's just like, what up, crew? Everything is totally normal. Things are great. Yeah, Paulton, as the ship takes off into the air and you feel yourself carried on the wind, a strange feeling in your stomach starts to rise up to your throat um, and you feel the deck underneath you shift and suddenly... I'd like you to make a constitution saving throw. Like, oh, it's coming back up. Yep. Oh, dear. Yep. Oh, that's, that's, that's an 18. Excellent. You, you hold it down. It's like... <laughs> oh, tasted worse the second time. All right, we're good. And uh, as you look down, you it, and, the, and the ship gains altitude, you see the um, the you've left the wagon behind. It gets smaller and smaller, left in the snow. Um, Guys, we forgot the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> well, your plan wasn't to take it, right? Am I right about that? Right. Okay. Right. It just oh, yells okay. like we forgot the wagon. Uh, just a, I can't remember. Did you guys say you were taking the horse or leaving the horse? Um, we will probably take the horse because I don't want it to die. Okay. So, All right. yes. So the horse is basically just kind of tied off on the top deck. Um, cool. It's warm enough up here. It's awkward because everybody, crew constantly has to move around and it becomes a total nuisance, but no more so than the giant hulking owlbear who's too big to fit down into the lower chambers. <laughs> Aww. She's Although, actually, she could squeeze down there if she really wanted to, and chances are when night falls, she's going to try. 
<laughs> I, I, I call her into Paulton and Evelyn's room. Yeah, that's Come pretty on. funny. It's just like two hammocks and then this big ball of fur and feathers. <laughs> Evelyn's like sleeping in a hammock with one arm. Like, with its butt pressed over. up against the portal. Yeah, yeah and it's just petting, petting waffles. All right. <laughs> Comes in, I'm just like, when do waffles get so big? <laughs> Uh, the journey northward takes you into the icy mountains known as the Spine of the World. These are very sort of unfriendly, almost malevolent, dark mountains with huge ice packs and glaciers and uh, uh, very inhospitable and you would think impassable in anything other than a flying vessel. And uh, as you make your way through the mountains, the wind on the deck just blasts you um, pretty much negating any advantage that the, the billowing heat from the furnace has to offer. But this crew is so skilled at managing the ship that they sort of take the ship up and down to hit um, uh, currents of wind um, and basically use uh, the rising and fall of the ship to move ever onward uh, to the north. And beyond the mountains, you enter a region of Faerun that few have ever seen called the Great Glacier, and it is this massive glacial continent, practically, of, of jagged icy peaks and canyons and crevices and uh, glaciers as old as time. Neat. And uh, a number of days pass uneventfully. Uh, you guys uh, are accustomed, get accustomed to sleeping in the hammocks. Uh, Waffles gets accustomed to <laughs> squeezing down into the lower mm-hmm. decks and pressing herself into the room at night. Uh, and occasionally, well, not occasionally, at least four or five times a night, uh, farts and fills, <laughs> fills the room with a powerful, powerful oh, smell. No. That in the mornings oh. you kind of have to open up the porthole to kind of air the place out. Also, also, just so you know, Dia Strix uh, is sleeping on the ground in a circle of salt, and she screams in her sleep. So there's that. Sorry. <laughs> Great. Sorry. Uh, you don't get to know the crew too well because they're not very, uh, they're not brilliant conversationalists. The dragon cultists pretty much focus entirely on running the ship. I definitely try, though. Yes. But I would like each of you to make a perception check to see if you notice anything that you would consider to be a little odd or out of the ordinary. All right. Danny, you don't have to make this check. Hey. I rolled a 20! Hey! <laughs> uh, 24. Good. Forever drunk, four. <laughs> <laughs> and since Anna stepped away, I'll just assume she didn't make it. She's busy doing evil and things. Um, She's never made it before, so. Over the course of this uh, trip, uh, once or twice, no more than that, uh, Strix and DF, you both observe after the first mate, Nisroth, talks to the captain about something, about uh, navigation stuff. He does go over to another crew member that you come to know as Zalthia and speaks to her in confidence periodically. And once in a while, after speaking to Nisroth, she will pull something out uh, from her armor, her, her cape, like a stone or something, and she will talk into it quietly and then put it away. Ooh, I know what those are, but should I do an arcana check anyway? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I got a, oh, wow, 23. You know that that's a sending stone. That is used yeah. to transmit messages to distant... It's always connected to one other stone. So this is like kid walkie-talkies with string between them, but no string. Uh, this one obviously connects to another stone somewhere else. I am not happy to see that. Yep. So somebody has been no. keep, somebody's kept apprised of this journey northward. You don't know who. 
No, I don't like this either. And the if other I, thing, the other thing you observe, the two of you, is that this is always done uh, without, seemingly, the captain's knowledge. Hmm. I think. Now, uh, Dan, now Danny Zandala Zandala knows that this is going on, that they are basically relaying messages back and forth, but she hasn't tipped her hand. Cool. And, I think um, that we should inform the captain. I'm saying this to Dia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we, sh- when you conf- we need to go one at a time. We can't okay. look suspicious. You're right. There are opportunities throughout the day where you can um, uh, talk to Zandala uh, in her cabin, basically knock on her door when she's actually below deck and speak to her while the crew is topside. Great. Um, you, go talk, you go talk to her. I'll keep a lookout. All right. I'll go talk to her, but I'll also make it look like I'm just going to complain about Waffles not getting enough food. <laughs> And actually, uh, you know that that will become an issue if you don't make landfall soon. Uh, You're going through your rations and food stores pretty quickly with waffles on board. Yeah. I'll I'll go above deck and just act casual. All right. (laughs) Uh, Strix, when you go down to talk to the captain, you can see that uh, her little pseudo-dragon companion is probably perched on her desk just watching her as she looks at some charts and stuff and... All right, um, Strix is just going to walk up and um, your crew has a sending stone. Uh, Zalthia and Mizroth are up to something. You see the pseudo dragon reach in and pull an apple out of a basket and start eating it while you talk. It seems to be listening very intently to what you're saying, though. And do I know that it can talk, too? No, it has never talked once. Okay. All right, so I'm going to just say that and then say, what do you want to do about it? They might be commiserating against you. And they look like tough cutters, so I don't want to mess with them unless you tell us to. Well, I am aware. Thanks for letting me know, but I, I, I was aware. Um, uh, that's part of the reason I have you guys on board, because I'm really not sure what they're going to do. Um, I know who they're talking to. It's the same person I got the ship from. Uh, they... Like I said, came with the package. The ship doesn't belong to me. Uh, it's a loner, but the, <laughs> the the crew came with them. Uh, kind of, I mean, and anything they're saying to the owner of the ship, it's nothing I don't know. Do you want us to find out what they're doing? We have the ability to spy on them. I mean, if, if you're real worried about it, I'd, I'd say go ahead, but I'm, I'm not. Let me, I'm I mean, real worried about everything, but that's just who I am. Let me just say, yes. I'm not worried about it. The only I thing that worries you, Zandala, is, is your, your crew is trained to actually man the ship, so you kind of need them for that at the bare minimum. So, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd rather not piss them off. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know a ton about them, so if uh, I, I know what's going on. Nothing's in danger right now. I wouldn't worry about it. You all are safe, I promise. But thank you for being honest with me. I, I love all this communication. I think I'm going to tell the Harpers that this is totally what we should all be doing. So you know? like, I was just going to roll her eyes and take the apple from her dumb little dragon. <laughs> just like eat it as she walks out the door. All right. It just watches you in utter disbelief as you leave <laughs> with its apple. <laughs> She's eating it like this. She's just like... Argh! And then uh, the little dragon will turn to you, Zondala, and telepathically say, did you see what she did? 
<laughs> she stole my apple. And I'll, I'll telepathically say, I know. I'll get you another one. <laughs> All right. Once Strix gets back on deck, she's... She's going to pull Diak back into their room and tell him all of this and then also say, I would like to personally spy on them and know what's going to happen. I agree. We should at least know who they're trying to talk to. Okay. I don't enjoy this many secrets. How do you want to go about spying on them? Now, you know that they take shifts. Uh, typically, four of them work at any given time and the other two are asleep in their hammocks down below. Uh, and the four of them seem to man the ship quite ably. Uh, um, other than that. Now, have we noticed a pattern of sorts of the uh, when and yes. where they... they follow a very strict pa- uh, rotation scheme, um, each working for about eight hours a day. Um, actually, more than that. Um, and uh, they have a, a way about them that's easily, easily predicted. They kind of have a pattern that they fall into where you can tell, you can sort of gauge after a few days where any of them is going to be at any given time. Great. And this encounter, this meeting with Nisroth and uh, Zalthia tends to happen uh, usually only once every couple days. And it's, a- it's always in the morning. Right. Okay. Well, just knowing that, we can try to set ourselves up, or at least one of us, somewhere around there, to try to at least listen in. Okay. I now, would it, say have Carlton make one of us invisible. That's, that's pretty much the only way you could do it, because the deck of the ship is not big enough to stand and not be seen. Right. I'm not him because he's been drunk for the past, like, however long we've been grappling, yeah. so we can't trust him to listen to anyone. But thankfully, I don't think it'd be hard to convince him to turn us invisible. True. Looky, wait, am I in the room? <laughs> no. You can walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just sort of stroll in. Just like, I'm right. All right. That's cool. Great. Yeah, you just, know that Paulton you know. can make things invisible with his mandolin. All right, well, I can do it. You are the stealthiest. You should definitely do it. We know what happens when any of us other than you try to hide. All right. Uh, since you're invisible, Diath, I'm going to give you advantage on your stealth check the next time mm, you see Nisroth and Zalthia come together. <laughs> All right. So then uh, whenever like their next meeting happens, yep. I'll just be there ready for it. Yes. Strix will also, also bundle some blankets in the top hammock that just look like a person in case anyone comes in and wonders <laughs> where he is. Nice. And okay. I will be, like, talking to the bundle like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> Strix is just like, oh. Okay. How'd you do? Right. Uh, self-check? Yep. <laughs> Uh, 27. Outstanding. They do not notice you at all. Um, and you can see that essentially uh, Nisroth is just telling uh, Zalthia to uh, report on how close they are to reaching Cronenheim, uh, that they've seen no frost giants, uh, and uh, that they expect to arrive, that, they're, that they, uh, they basically... Appraise their employer, they apprise their employer of when they expect to arrive at Cronenheim and that they expect to encounter frost giants there. Uh, they, um, and uh, after he tells her that, she communicates everything through the Sending Stone in Draconic. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever she's speaking to obviously understands and uses that language. 
Okay. Uh, I'll try to at least remember specific draconic words, even if I can't pronounce them, pronounce okay. them properly. Yeah. Just just try to like whatever. I don't remember what ones. Just like try to pick a few and try to remember the, sure. how they're said phonetically. Okay. Done. All right. And then after that meeting is over, uh, I'll return to Strix and D visible. Right. D invisible. Visible. Yep. <laughs> and just be like, okay. Didn't go great. Turns out they speak in different languages. Does anyone know what the words uh, <laughs> drogatory, uh, uh, lethalic? I think was one I heard. Are you That's choking? Not, uh, Are you okay? Do you need uh, some water? Walton, <laughs> uh, give him some wine quick. Uh, Torgo Tor- 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 was in there for sure, like four times at least. Uh, make, make an in check, DF, to see how well you recount the words. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think DF possessed. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, speaking okay. in tongues. Uh, 17. Um, okay, so you're able to basically say the words as you heard them very accurately. Uh, oh, who, sp- hey. who speaks draconic? But the, none of us. I was just going to say, we got to go tell the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like... Uh, yeah, but just, you want to speak to demons, I can help you, but I don't know if you're chronic at all. I just said all these words, you're always like... You sound like you're going barmy. I mean, Paulton's been talking to your sack up there, so I don't know. <laughs> let's let's go tell the captain. <laughs> all right. Remember that. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go and meet up with the captain. Are we all going this time? Sure. Let's all roll together. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm down under the deck saying hi to the air elemental that makes my propeller go. Her name is Gail. All right. You, you, tap, you tap on Gail's Gail. door uh, and kind of see her blustering inside her little confined space at the back of the ship. Uh, and yes, as you do, the waffle crew comes up behind you so that when you turn, they're all like right there. Uh, Dieth is quite uncomfortable at this uh, confinement area and stays a little ways back. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you told us not to spy on anyone, but, you know, I did. we did it anyway. So tell her the words that, the barmy words you heard. Tortigo? Uh, one was just like a hawk or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> And then I'll try to recount, uh, recount whatever. All right, the words that he you, you're able to he he spills out uh, are first, when, and winter. Hmm. Well, good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I telepath to Summerwise, and I say his accent was horrible. <laughs> You're just like, wow, nice white guy. Yep. And, uh, I haven't mentioned this before, but it is worth noting that since you now know Captain Zondel and been around her very closely, that the freckles on her face aren't freckles at all, but actually scales. Oh. You can see she's got very cool. soft sort of uh, scales that are sort of a goldish white color trailing down her face and down her neck. Have we ever mm. seen anyone with something like that before? No. So Evelyn's like, oh. How did you get that done? That looks so cool. <laughs> well, it's very expensive. Just kidding. Um, I was born this way. Uh, <gasps> I, have, I have a draconic bloodline, and uh, just how I came out. Evelyn, focus. Cool. But, uh, so focus. Pretty. I know it's so sparkly bright. Oh my god. 
But anyway. So you guys found out a whole lot of nothing? Yeah! <laughs> cool. At that yes. point, you hear one of the crewmen call out, Captain! I gotta go see what's what's up. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, th- when you go upside, I mean, uh, uh, Trault will will point and say, "We've we've arrived." And as you look down um, in the sort of it's sort of late afternoon, early evening, and uh, there's a light snow falling from the sky and it's overcast. You have drifted over a canyon, like a grand canyon, but made of ice. And as you look down into the canyon. There is a section of it that's sort of closed off with rift, deep rifts leading into it. And in a wider area, you can see there are giant buildings built into the ice, these buildings made of stone and wood. Most of them are sort of embedded in the ice and only protrude slightly. Um, but this, you know, um, based on your research, is the frost giant village of Cronenheim. We're here, guys! Sweet. When the rest of you come topside, you can see in the canyon these gigantic buildings uh, far below. Um, through, even through the snow, it's, um, you can sense the scale of them. They are, they are massive. And sort of arrayed in a ring, um, all these sort of gigantic lodges uh, with a big open plaza or just open space between them. Certainly, Gigantic, but, so, like giant-sized? Yes. Like, mm. they were built for and by creatures that stand well over 20 feet tall. Giants, guys. Damn it. Sick. And, I mean, uh, what did you guys think was up here? Not giants? <laughs> Brassic no. will ask you, Captain, should we begin our descent? Yes. All right. All right. What exactly is our plan and our goal here? Land. Well, I mean, first step was getting here. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know who has it. We need to figure that out. Ooh, reconnaissance. As you sort ah, of see? slowly circle downward and this place comes into view, you can see that there are five big lodges all faced inward their back ends embedded in the glacial ice, so really only their facades and only the front end of each building protrudes from the ice, and they have big steps leading up to open doorways. Some of them have spires, um, stone spires that stick out of their roofs at the top, but they've all got these sort of steep, pitched, lodge-like roofs. And uh, at the top of these spires, you see these sort of carved, draconic emblems um, carved into the wood, the very wood of the structure of the building. Now, the plaza in the front is not empty as you descend. You see what appear to be the frozen corpses of what might be a dozen frost giants. Just lying there? Yeah. The plaza, the, the plaza of this town is strewn with dead giants. You can also see amid them what appear to be a couple dead animals. Um, Wolves, possibly, but they're as big as polar bears. Whoa. 
And yeah, I don't know what's going on, guys. Even from here, do I have? Do, can I see any sense of recent activity or footsteps or any of the lodges themselves? From this there? altitude, still no. But you think once you get down on the ground, that will be more obvious. All right. Now these buildings, despite being 60, 70 feet tall, are dwarfed by the icy walls of the canyon in which they contain, in which they're contained, which are almost three hundred feet high. So as the balloon makes its descent, the icy walls of the canyon begin to surround you on all sides until you come down and land amid the buildings, the runners of the ship sort of crunching on the ice as the vessel touches down. And that's when you see that many of these corpses, some of them are lying face down, some of them face up, some of them on their side. Uh, it looks like they've been in the ice for, or in the cold uh, just sort of with snow and accumulating on them as it falls down into the canyon. The and we don't see any signs of life? The snow that's been falling has obliterated the tracks that Dieth was hoping to see. Well, at least it's not recent. All of the lodges have big, gaping open doorways, some with like what appear to be um, sheets of stitched animal furs, very sort of crude doors, I guess you could call that, more like curtains, uh, but most of them are sort of flapping and blowing in the wind, so you can kind of see the dark, into the dark, frozen interior of these buildings. Um, you don't have to do close inspection to see that some of these corpses are so mutilated uh, to suggest that they were torn apart by something much bigger than they are. What? Ugh. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Evelyn yeah. kind of disembarks and goes and examines the corpses and at each one she seems very disturbed when they're... Yeah, you're you sort know, of fluttering over them. Yeah, and she kind of says a little blessing of Lathander over each one as she goes. And just yeah, you can see some of them have like their, their axes are still sort of clutched in their hand. They're big, gigantic. But these are all like, they, all, they look like harsh nag. Um, big frost giants, male and female, Looked like they were in a pitched battle here out in the open and were rent apart by giant claws and teeth. Claws and teeth specifically. Yes. And on the deck while you're doing that, um, DF, make a perception check. I'm on the deck too. Mm -hmm. uh, perception is good. 24. Uh, you hear two of the dragon cultists, Tralt and Perella, basically turn to each other and they go, Draka. Draka. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, dragon cultists would know that kind of thing. Paul, I'm sorry? <laughs> Paulton's just like, well, we didn't want to deal with frost giants. So... <laughs> Right side. Right side to everything, fam. <laughs> Do you make a dragon's better? Can, Maybe. Can I make uh, a perception check to see if we should be uh, in view in the middle of town here or not? Does it feel safe to be out in the open? It it actually a little bit safer for you to be out in the open because at least if something were to come, let's say, running out of those lodges, you would have time to get airborne Oh. Um, before they got to you. So cool. uh, there's also, like, from here, there's very little hidden 
from you. You can kind of see the facades of all the five buildings around you. There's a great split in one wall that leads to, that's basically a way out in one direction, sort of a canyon fissure. Mm-hmm. And then there's another split on the far side, same thing, going off in a different direction into the greater canyon. Uh, next to one of those, you can see sort of underneath the snow what appears to be a giant um, sled. Giant size, frost giant size sled. Cool. Oh. Noted. Yep. <laughs> Question. As Evelyn does all this scouting... Evelyn, you can see that a lot of these giants that you're scouting, they're wearing mammoth skins, and they have tusks on their horns, and it looks like all of their armor and paraphernalia has been sort of cobbled together in sort of a crude, kind of almost caveman-esque kind of way. Oh, so their weapons wouldn't be like a fine make or anything? No, they're like chiseled stone axes with wrapped around big dragon bone handles. Like very. Are you looting right now? That answers my question. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) Evelyn was just very interested in what type of weapons cross giants might use. Big axes. Understandable. So now that they're down here, Dieth will turn to Zandala and say, and you have no idea where we're supposed to start looking for this thing. I told you, the Harpers are really bad at communication. Holy shit, what are you guys And this is it. This is all the info I had, so I'm just as surprised as you are. Honestly. Are there any kind of underground passages or dungeons or anything to keep here? Just the lodges? Uh, that's a very good question, Zondala. You don't know. It, but knowing, oh knowing, knowing Frost Giants, Zondala... You would speculate that there are probably passages through the ice, like deeper caves behind the lodges, where they keep their their cellars and middens and other things like that. I will relay that to DF, but I will also mention that that's probably not important. And it's super blisteringly cold here, you all find. Evelyn, you are not troubled in the least. You feel none of it. There's like icicles hanging from my nose, and I'm like, what? What? Uh, Sir Godfrey will come down off the deck uh, and sort of uh, drop down onto the snow and the ice and look around. He's got his, he draws his sword. And this ring, is it actually, you know, ring size, or am I looking for something the size of a water wheel? You know that the ring of winter resizes to fit the finger of its wearer. So if it's Sir, probably really big right now. If Sir Godfrey's drawing his sword, then Strix is, he's obviously seen something that maybe we don't. So she's just going to cast mage armor on herself and tell everyone to just stay back towards the ship. And get Evelyn out of there. Sir Godfrey will say, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either, but we need to figure this out. Well, we need to start looking, right? So, Sandala, off you go. Off <laughs> I go? Yep, we'll follow you. All right. Is there is there a hut that seems to have smoke coming from it or any sign of activity at all? Nope. All five of the huge lodges, their massive structures, are ice-covered, kind of dark, hauntingly quiet. Gotcha. But if you need a hut, I got you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> that is very helpful, sir. Thank you. You can see that your crew is waiting for your next order. 
Well, I think we need to check out one of these huts at least just to be sure there's nobody around we aren't aware of before we get comfy. Uh, Nisroth will confide in you that uh, he believes that these giants were killed by a white dragon. Do any of us know anything about white dragons? You saw, saw one once. once. It was cool. <laughs> as you were as you were uh, making your way across an icy lake, you saw a white dragon, and you feared it saw you, and so you with, withdrew into a ranger lodge. Shortly thereafter, um, befriending Hootie, Waffle's mm. mother. Hootie. Yes, thanks for reminding us of that. How You're we welcome. Ate her. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> what does owl bear taste like? I cover Chicken. Waffle's ears. <laughs> <laughs> It's like fish chicken. Yeah. You know. Fish chicken. That's tasty. Look, there's, anyway. no, there's no white dragon here right now, right? So if we're going to look, we need to look now and fast. I agree. This oh. one is smart. Evelyn's still buzzing around. She hasn't been paying any attention. She's still out there. Ms. Roth looks at you, Zandala, and says, are we leaving anyone on the ship? The <laughs> Nizroth has a point. Should Does anybody want to stay behind on the ship? Uh, Evelyn seems uh, willing we are not to leaving anybody behind. Fly about. So, all right. Well, Sir Godfrey you all says, come with me. I can watch over the ship. All righty. Yes. You do that, sir. <laughs> More like take the ship when we're not looking. Am I right? Yes. No, that's why we're bringing the captain. They can't uh, go anywhere without me, I promise. Strix is going to tell Godfrey just to make sure that the ship doesn't leave. He says, yeah. And we'll be waiting for you when you get back. You're a practical man, Mr. Godfrey, sure. <laughs> Can I ask Summerwise to stay on the ship as well? Yes. It will. Sweet. I think we should leave Waffles on the ship as well. I agree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that thing. If anything show, does show up, it's going to be that much harder to get her back onto the ship in time. It's best we keep her there. Yeah, agreed. Godfrey will watch over her. I, uh... Then, if something goes wrong, Godfrey and Waffles, tear them. Yep. So I hop over the side of the ship into the snow. As do your crew members. And as these dragon cultists, they just sort of throw themselves over the deck of the ship, and they kind of spread the wings of their black leather capes that seem to soften their descent, and they all just land like birds. Whoa. That's pretty cool. They're creepy, I know. I charge into the nearest lodge. So there's a big one, and then there are four smaller ones. That all The four smaller ones seem to bear striking resemblance to one another, like they look like barracks lodges. The big one that you're staring at looks more like a, a royal kind of edifice, about 25% bigger than the others. And it's got... Um, uh, a uh, big mastodon skull mounted above its gigantic doors, with big. I want to check that horns. one. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's go for that one. When you go in that direction, everybody can make a survival check. That's a wisdom check if you don't have the survival skill. Oh no! And I'll make it for the drag dragon cultists. Oh no! Did you say wisdom? Wisdom. Ooh. Okay, thank you. I got nineteen. Uh, nineteen. Good job. Seven. Ten. All right. 23. 23. Wow. Okay. I have survival now. We'll give it to Strix here. So Strix, as your 
small army of people starts to march toward this giant, huge, massive, looming structure with a big, gaping doorway leading into darkness. You're looking around nervously, walking past the frozen corpses of slaughtered, dismembered frost giants, the silence echoing except for the occasional crack of ice from some piece of ice breaking off somewhere way down in one of the rifts or down in the canyon somewhere and just echoing toward you, this horrible, horrible crack sound. Um, it just happens. It's, it doesn't. You don't think it's anything's deliberately making it. It's just nature. Um, it's getting pretty. The the darkness is starting to fall on the place. The light above seems to be retreating. Uh, the snow is light but continuing to fall. Wind blows through, stirring things up. But the most disturbing thing of all is just the crunching of all of your feet on the ice underfoot. It just sort of like marching toward your doom kind of sound in your mind. And that's when you notice, meandering th- between two corpses and going up the side of the steps leading up to this great lodge, you spot a set of tracks, too small, to, too small to have been seen otherwise. And as you go over and you inspect them, you see they are the tracks of a lone human or humanoid. Somebody with, somebody with boots on, human scale, has uh, made its way, his or her way, up from the rift up into the lodge hmm. recently. So recently that the snow hasn't yet completely covered them. Oh, shit. All right, we got we to gotta hurry. There's, there's, there's a person, Strixel's point. She can't really articulate it. She's like, that. <laughs> so and we're all still on the steps? Yeah, you get to the steps, and these are giant-sized steps, so you can't right. just walk up them normally. You kind of have to pull yourself up onto them. Um, and we you clamor up the you steps. clamor up the steps, and when you get up to the top of them, you're about 15 feet above the the ground that you were standing on previously, and you're on stone now, standing in the mouth of a great doorway under this mastodon skull, and looking into a gigantic uh, feast hall, the type that you would see in a Viking lodge. It's just this sort of pit in the middle with uh, piled wood where fires would burn, theoretically, but none is, there's nothing there. It's just an empty pit with benches on each side of the pit and great icy, ice-covered pillars, stone pillars, supporting the huge vaulted ceiling. The walls are strung with animal skins and trophies, skulls of creatures not found in too many places in Faerun, um including something, some that look like dragon skulls. Um, and the hall goes so far back into the dark glacier that your, the light just sort of fails you. Strix, you have dark vision. Mm. Um, Zandala, you have dark vision. Mm-hmm. Um, your dragon cultists, even though they're human, have dark vision. Cool. Um, uh, Evelyn, Paulton, and Diath do not, however... So you three can't see very far into this dark feast hall. Those who can, can see at the very back of the feast hall, um, between two giant ice-covered pillars, is a big chair covered with skins. uh, And piled around the chair are all kinds of tiny white objects that look like they might be skulls. 
like human skulls. And to each side of that huge chair is a doorway leading deeper into the lodge. So two big gaping doorways with animal skins hanging down in curtains before them. But there's this wind tunnel effect that happens. Wind seems to come past you, blow through the lodge, and cause those skins, those curtains, to each side of the distant throne to flap and flap and flap. And that's the only noise you hear inside. Did Strix point out these tracks for everyone to see? I don't know. Did she? Yes, she did. Right. Yeah. Great. She pointed, yeah. but I don't know if she. She said, yeah, cool. yeah, which is yeah. Right. translated. Yeah, Diaz will so, translate for her. <laughs> that's that and, and Strix can interpret that these are human tracks or humanoid tracks and a singular, single individual. So, I mean, obviously, we need to find whoever made those tracks first. Uh, can we see if these tracks uh, continue on inside the lodge? They do, um, but then they do something kind of weird. They go over, um, they skirt around the edge of the feast hall. They don't go down the middle of the feast hall. They stay against the walls, and then at one point they stop. They cross over to a pillar, and then you see evidence of whoever made these tracks must have climbed the pillar using something on his or her boots, like... um, hooks or pitons or something to basically dig into the ice. And they, whoever it was, clearly went up the pillar, and you see this crisscross of rafters way up high, about 60 feet up off the ground. That's where they must have gone. Huh. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to immediately fly up there with my broom and see. I'll yeah. follow Strix. Evelyn, go with her. Yeah. All right. Don't uh, step anywhere they didn't step. Maybe there's traps. As the two of That's you fly point. up, make perception checks. Evelyn, you thought about traps. Are you sick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 72 now. I have life experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got, got a 14. Okay. Uh, I got a 9. Uh, when you fly up there, you can see what appears to be a gigantic, just massive alpine horn suspended from the ceiling by great giant corded ropes. And it looks like they're fixed to pulleys that are then lashed to walls, and this horn can be basically raised and lowered from the ceiling down to where it could be, say, blown by a frost giant. But right now it's in its raised position. It's just sort of hanging there and kind of creaking in the wind, even though it's absolutely massive. This horn is about 35, 40 feet long. And uh, you look around, you don't see any signs of a small human-sized individual uh, lurking up there. Wait, we just see kind of like the end of the climbing and then nothing yes. else? There's, there's not much in the way of snow that accumulates on top of the rafters, so there's not much in the way of tracks. Once, Evelyn, once he or she got up here, there wasn't much sign to, for them to leave behind. Evelyn peeks inside the horn and goes, Hello! Hello! hello. <laughs> uh, when you do that, your voice does carry, and the effect is you hear something at the back of the lodge move, and whatever it is, is titanic. Oh! And then you hear three voices, distinct, overlapping one another. What is that noise? Oh, I no. don't know. Let's check it out. Yes, I'm hungry. <laughs> and then you hear... 
it's always my fault. <laughs> Not and those of you who are standing down below, <laughs> and those of you who are up high, see one of those billowing curtains pull away, and a giant 30-foot-tall creature stride into the hall. This creature is a frost giant, bigger than Harshnag, with all kinds of frozen heads tied around its waist. But what strikes you as most jarring and alarming about this behemoth is that it has not one, not two, but three heads. And that's where we'll stop. Paulton is seeing this and like, I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) just like dumps the rest out (laughs) no thank you I think I'm capped alright and we will pick up this (laughs) in the finale of season 2 of Dice Camera next week same bad time same bad channel alright so I made it for one whole episode (laughs) you did congratulations yeah and I yeah, trust, I trust Danny, that you can come back for next one. week's finale? Oh, yeah. Excellent. It wouldn't be a finale without a guest death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. next week, uh, it's going to be fun, fun, fun times. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Waffle Crew is going to have a great time. Great. All right. And so will everybody else. Uh, anybody got any announcements they want to share before we break off for the week? By the way, I, I have to say, this has been one of my all-time favorite sessions. Uh, really? So many, so many great little character moments and whatnot. But Holly and Anna, let me now say that song was a blessing. That was yes. just yes. unbelievably cool. Yes. I have, I have never, ever in my DM experience had anything like that. And so, thank you very much. Yay! Aww, yay! We practiced it, and it was really. We were so scared because of the lag. Like, there's a slight lag, so sticking over. We actually did it in our own Zoom. Yeah. So try and figure it out. Oh, that was great! It was. <laughs> you guys did great. Absolutely mm-hmm. splendid. Turns out we both did choir. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All and right. we wrote the song and the lyrics together. Will you post? Really have fun. you posted the lyrics, or will you post the lyrics anywhere? Yeah. I'm sure Anna. Yeah, I, I was going to make I'll make a clip of the song and post the lyrics uh, in the subreddit. Yeah. And for those who cared, I did uh, post uh, Tatiana's letter on Twitter in case I'm not sure you'd be able to read it, but it's there. Um, mm-hmm. so enjoy. I'll, I almost uh, cried. I almost cried. I would read that letter me too. that we actually did something good. I was like, oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> do you have the text anywhere, Chris? Cuz I, I can do. post that on the subreddit yep. too if you yep. want to email it to me or something. Great, I'll do that. Speaking of the subreddit, if yes. you wish to join the <laughs> Dice Camera Action community, be sure to go to reddit.com/r/dicecameraaction. You can find all kinds of crazy fan theories, fan art, lots of fan fiction, a lot of uh, official things written by myself, Anna, and Holly, uh, along with uh, episode recaps and just general good time hangouts. It's a really cool, chill place to be. So go to the uh, Dice Camera Action subreddit, join the community. We love seeing all the stuff on there. We like uh, like being being involved. Jared and Holly specifically wrote canon posts this yes. last week about being trapped in the mists and what happened with the like w- with. Oh, they're so the good. Deaths. So <laughs> they're good. Really I'm good. sorry, it's real sad. Sad but brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I've got two announcements. They're not D&D related, but they're uh, two premieres I was a part of. So just today, 
the pilot episode for a show called Indigo Ignited premiered. Uh, it's an anime, but its native language is English, which is really cool. So that's literally on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube, that's look up sick. Indigo Ignited pilot, and it'll pop up. And then... Uh, I'm sorry, I, you're doing in Indigo Pilot, you're what? Huh? You're what in Indigo Pilot? Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't yeah. even mention that. Uh, in Indigo Ignited, I voice uh, the character Kieran, so uh, you can hear me do lots of screaming and stuff like that. <laughs> and then um, this, I, either this week or next week, is the premiere for the dub of uh, the movie Fairy Tale Dragon Cry. Uh, that's going to be in select theaters, and then I believe like on Funimation the following week. So you can hear me as uh, Gapri in that. So, yeah, be on the lookout for those two things. Cool. Cool. Very cool. I'll go. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Anna. Oh. I already said stuff. Okay. Uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after, I will be the host and interviewer at Pokemon Worlds, the Pokemon World Championship, which will go on in Anaheim. It will be streamed on Twitch as well. I think twitch.tv slash Pokemon. And, uh, oh, what was the other thing I wanted to bring up? Pax West. Oh, I forgot it already. We'll come back to you. How about that? <laughs> well, right. the other there were three things, but the other thing that I do remember is that Pax West is coming up, and we will um, be there. I will be there hosting for Twitch, but we will all be there for a Q and A panel on behalf of the Waffle Crew. Except for um, Nate. Yeah, all except for Nate, as, <laughs> yeah. as Nate's, it should be. Nate's doing shows. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I remember the other thing. Um, you may remember that I did um, a host and interviewing workshop on Twitch just recently. Mm-hmm. All of the VODs from that have been highlighted and are now available in a collection on slash Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Twitch slash videos, I think. So if you want to learn from any of those or check them out, you can now. Yay. And I'll be streaming making stuff for Strix's new costume. Chris gave me a huge list of items and I'm making them all. So oh my God, no, really? I'm making every single one. Every even single even one's the jar go. of ghoul tongues? Yeah, I already got nice. the jar. Oh my I found gosh. like antique jars. Like I'm going all out Like, and I'm also making gutter. So I don't know when that will be done. Oh, but. Dude, and when uh, I saw the list and there was a music box on it and we were working on the song, I was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Me thinks Gutter's going to see some action next week. That's going to be good. Oh. <laughs> Not if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, D- Danny, you mentioned this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Every Monday, I do Craft Tags, which is my show where I make stuff from D&D. And uh, this was our first week was the Paltons Hand Friend. And I made that on the stream. Hand and friend. It's so cool. <laughs> we couldn't. I, I didn't know if it was the hand of Vecna or, or not. Or yes, was, we don't know either. So it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, first I will be at Hascon, which is September something through something, and uh, I will be. That's in Providence, Rhode Island. Yes, uh, I will be Ubla the Batiri Goblin, uh, which is a costume that I built for D&D, so I will be there with the D&D team. You can come take pics with me, and we can make funny selfies and stuff, and yes. that super fun. And this, is probably, this is probably a good time to mention that uh, PAX West, which is September 1st to 4th, there is going to be an Acquisitions Incorporated live game, and uh, Danny is making my costume. <gasps> really? Yep. I didn't know that. I yep. talk about that or not. I just did. <laughs> I just did. I am, I'm spilling I those am beans. making a super secret costume for Chris. Um, I'm very excited to see it. I won't be That's streaming awesome. on craft tags, but what I will be streaming on craft tags is my second attempt at making Summerwise the Pseudo Dragon. Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot from our first few episodes making that, and 
We um, believe in you, Summerwise. I will. I will be uh, cosplaying as Zandala at DragonCon. <gasps> Yay! Oh, cool! Wow. That's uh, due to client work and some sickness, my original costume plans fell through for DragonCon. But I really want to dress up as Zandala, so I will be doing like the full scale prosthetics, and I'll have oh. Summerwise. And if anybody's cosplaying as the Waffle Crew, and you're going to be at DragonCon, I want pictures with you. Speaking of, I wanted to yes. give a special shout out to a uh, group of Waffle fans yeah. at yes. MetroCon. We did an entire cosplay group of the entire Waffle Crew. And it was amazing. They did yeah, videos of, of the Waffle Crew yes. and Waffle Crew things that were amazing and inspiring. Yeah. I didn't, was dead. I didn't know about that because I was at MetroCon. Oh, I go, oh, 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 so I'm just like, oh. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, so shout-outs to uh, Kin Velier on Twitter and everyone else also involved with the uh, entire Waffle Crew cosplay. That was really, really uh, awesome. And Above and beyond. And yeah. humbling to see. It was so cool, you guys. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, then that's a wrap for this week, folks. We'll be back again for the season finale next week. And then uh, after next week's episode, we take a few weeks off before the season premiere of... Uh, well, the, the premiere of season number three, which will coincide with the release of Tomb of Annihilation. So next week, get your last bit of Hello, summer, your last bit of, last bit of summer waffle crew before we take a few weeks off to basically go through con hell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is that episode sixty? Sixty. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sixty wow. is next week's episode. Wow. Yep. It's called. You want me to spoil the title? Yes. Yeah. It's, no. I know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Everything's great, and we win and live. <laughs> That's a fine title. Let's go with that one. Yeah. No, I want, what I want, is I, it? Oh, you want me to spoil it? Yes. Yes. It's called the Red, the White, and the Crew. <laughs> hey! Oh no! Oh. oh no! I know what the white is. I know what the crew is. <laughs> <laughs> but which crew is it? <laughs> We'll find out. Crew, we'll find out which crew it is. Oh All right. All right. That's it, uh. folks. Got to go. Bye. 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 All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.